Hi, you're listening to episode 14 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibbert, and we're recording on Monday, September 25th. So it's Empire Strikes Back Day. Yes, and we're very excited yeah. because also known as Hot Luke on Dagobah Day. Yeah, Luke's Arms Day. Luke's Arms Day. Um, he has the right to bear arms. Don't worry, it's not going to get weird, guys. And he exercises it beautifully in this movie. It's going to get real weird. Yeah, it's going to get weird. <laughs> Sorry, if you're not into Luke, I don't even know what to tell you about this episode. Maybe skip, like, the middle, like, 30 minutes of the podcast. <laughs> um, There's going to be a lot. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Empire Strikes Back. It's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a middle you, movie. You just called it a bridge movie, which I think is very apt. It is. Because it's literally what it is. That being said, it is my favorite. I do uh, love this movie. I adore this movie because I feel like this movie gives us more quiet moments with the characters than That's either of true. two. I feel like a lot of the character development for the entire, I mean, the entire franchise in regard to these three characters happens in this movie. Yeah, that's true. I, I can never choose. I like them all so much. It's yeah. like I go back and forth depending upon what day it is. Um, but I, I think, do, sorry. No, I was going to say just, I think the one thing I don't like about this movie is it does not feel complete. Like I have trouble watching this movie and not, watching Return of the Jedi. I was just going to say that it's a new hope is so contained in itself, obviously that this one is, you know, when you go from one directly to the other, it's a little jarring because this one isn't, you know, there's a huge cliffhanger. Um, like you could watch a new hope and be fine and just assume that that's that they won. They got their medals, period, done right story over. And this one, clearly it's like, such anxiety at the end of it. Um, But I guess we can start at the beginning. Right. uh, Which takes place. Now we know that there are all these missions and things that happen between these two movies um, that build up to this rebel stronghold on Hoth. Yes. But I love that, like, in the opening crawl, it's like, Luke is leading the rebels. I know. It's like, oh, really? Because it's, what, five years between the two movies? Between... The new, a New Hope and Empire. It's like seriously. I think so. I think it's supposed to be five years. I'll no. I'll double check. But I it thought that was silly. right. No. What? Um, because I think it's like, th- I, oh no, it's, I think it's like three years. If I'm um, um, because it's three years oh, make more sense. Too. I don't one, know. Why five I know years it's one between. Felt like so long. I was like, it's one between um, Empire and Jedi. I know that. Yes, that makes about sense. about one. Three years. Yeah, three years. Three years makes more sense. At five, I was like, that is such a long time for someone to, like, grow up and be – you would be a totally different person, right? Yeah. Um, Which makes sense because part of the reason I like Luke in this movie is he hasn't – and we'll get to this – but he hasn't lost – he has grown up so much, but he's not a Jedi yet. He's not super confident in his abilities. Right. He's frustrated because he feels like he is the hope of the Jedi and like, he's like, I don't have anybody to teach me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I'm not a, these like weird cryptic messages from yeah. force ghost. But like, I, that's what one of the reasons I really like, and like he hasn't lost that like youthful frustration. Yeah. Um, but it's not overwhelming in this movie. Like it is a little bit more in the first movie. Yeah, no, that's true. He's not, I mean, he's frustrated, and it's, it's a valid frustration. Yeah, so. it's more, I feel like it's more valid than, not, not more valid, that's not right. I feel like it's more sympathetic. Because in the yeah. first movie, he's really frustrated, but it feels like he whines a lot about it. This movie, you're like, well, of course you're frustrated. You've got all this going on, and nobody's explaining anything to you. And, like, you, he has no reason to, I'm getting, jumping way ahead, but it's like he has no reason to know what the Jedi can do because he's never seen it and he never yeah no absolutely it's like they expect all this stuff from him and he has no idea what to think and so okay anyway we'll get to that we'll get there so we're on Hoth yeah and I have to say and I I said this on Twitter if anyone is following along but like the music the minute the like that Hoth music comes in I like my heart rate literally elevates because of the number of times you started the Nintendo 64 game <laughs> Shadow of the Empire and that music came on and you were like, I don't know how to do anything. 
And it was just like sheer panic. Um, this is kind of unrelated, but similar in that a piece of, you know, sound in this movie. So my text message sound is one of Chewbacca's roars from this movie. <laughs> and it always throws me off so much when I hear it in this movie. I'm like, because I'm like, who's texting me? Who's texting me? And you're like, no one, it's Chewbacca. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's less interesting than your your story, but that's, that's my story. <laughs> so I'm sticking with it. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> the music in this movie generally, I would argue, might be the best in the franchise. Like, you get the Imperial March. You get the Asteroid Chase. You get, like, I think you get Yoda's theme in this. You get, there's a lot of really good Han and Leia. You get a lot of really good music cues that are just used really well. I think more than, because, like, there's a couple really good ones you get from A New Hope, which. I was about to say, like, I don't know if I agree with you. Well, I think for, like, the only really, besides, of course, the main theme, the only really overwhelming theme that gets reused throughout the series from A New Hope is the Binary Sunset. Yeah. Whereas this movie, but that's like, it's iconic. But I feel like this movie just has more. I feel like that it does have more. It does have like it, it has more and more distinct themes too. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of A New Hope reuses that theme, and I feel like the mu- music. Yeah, that's movie, I'm true. also kind of a music, or used to be more than I am now, but like a movie soundtrack nerd. So I listen to them all the time, and this is the one I enjoy listening to the most a lot of the times. Because movie soundtracks are excellent. Oh my god, they're all. I'm really, there with you. Like I, I mean, I by far the best thing about the prequels is the um, the music, music, because they're Agreed. so good. Um. Okay. Hoth. So, so it opens. We've got Luke. You know, gets basically we. He's on his own on his tauntaun. But what I love about this opening really is the Han and Leia stuff because it's they're three years deep, right? And it's grown. You can see just in glances, the way they react to one another. And I love it so much. I love their scene. Their scenes on Hoth are some of my favorite scenes. So good. I I mean, Harrison Ford is in such fine form throughout the entire sequence of like, whether he's engaging with Leia or with 3PO or Chewie or whatever, like he on Hoth, Han on Hoth is maybe my favorite Han. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because he, he's still got the in the a Return of the Jedi, he's kind of lost some of his fight, a little bit. Like he's not as quippy. Yeah, and you we don't know him in A New Hope, but in this movie, he is just. I love I love Han in the first half of this or the Hoth scenes of this movie. I mean, it's so good, right? It's it's we all know that like great like moment between the two of them in the hallway. Oh my god. And I think you and I comment both commented on like all you can tell that happens a lot because there are yes. people just kind of like edging by them without even like paying well, attention. Well, there's the guy who cuts through them who yeah. is amazing cuz he's like I don't have time for this. And, and like, then there's the guy who like scooches behind Han like please don't let them notice me. Please don't let them notice me. Well, like but like, you can tell that this happens a lot with the two of them. Because yes. how like the guys just like I'm going through like, I don't know when they're going to stop arguing. They're at it again. I'm just going through. It's such a lovely way to show us the history without, yeah. like, saddling us with, like, extensive backstory or whatever. It's just, like, a moment where you're like, oh, you know, they've gone from kind of not even understanding one another so much to they really have this, like, sort of antagonistic. Yeah. But, like, lovingly antagonistic relationship. Well, there's just so much tension there. Like, it's yes. just, like, it's, yes. it's, it's so great. It's uh, so funny, like, when you don't, if you, like, I wish I could imagine what it was like going into this blind, like, without knowing anything, right? With only having the knowledge of the first movie yeah. and going into this film, like, I would not know what to feel. So, like, we have this setup with Han and Leia, and you see that this, like, relationship, which is clearly building... Then they're all freaking out because Luke has not come back from patrol, and it's so cold outside, and so Han goes after him. Yeah. And then you're like, huh, there's a lot of love between these two, clearly. (laughs) 
Like, I can see how people in the 70s would have shipped Luke and Han. Yeah, and so Preeti and I have talked about this before, maybe even on the podcast, but I never have, being a straight woman, I have never, this never even occurred to me, really, until Preeti mentioned that it was a thing that happened in the 70s. Which, I mean, I know there are shippers out there, but just the chemistry between the two. And, like, I've you know, being straight woman, you don't... It's part of not being exposed to stuff like that when you're a kid and having watched this from, as it, from childhood and thought of it a certain way. And so now I'm like, oh, they do have a lot of chem... Like, they do. They really they do. do. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I can see how that is a thing. Like, you watch it and it's... He's literally like, you know, I'm all for showing. I think it's important that we show healthy male friendships in media, like 100%, um, because I think that is not a thing that's shown frequently enough to show that men can act a certain way around one another. That being said, the way Han, like, cradles Luke in his arms... (laughs) When he thinks he's like freezing to death, is you're just like you're like oh you're into it, man, into okay. it. <laughs> like um, no, like, I, I can see I where have, I see where the fanfic arises from. Yeah, totally. Like, and I I I think it's mostly from this movie. Yeah, because there there I mean there's that scene that was cut. Well, we'll talk about that when we talk about Jedi. Um, between the two of them that I urban legend. I don't know if it's true, but they cut specifically because it lent itself to that Han and Luke narrative. Um, but so, you know, Luke here, we see him use before. I mean, before Han goes up for him, we get to see him use his lightsaber for the first time in the movie, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And we see that his force powers have already have progressed. Mm-hmm. Because he and that's the exciting. Yeah, like, that is really exciting. He's and already. We're seeing that he's already grown, even though he like immediately then collapses and right needs to be saved by his knight in shining armor. But clearly, he's grown. Like he's he's been practicing at this, and he's had nobody to guide him. Because right. He's clearly, doing when he sees Ben in the um, like he sees Obi Wan's Force Ghost, clearly he's confused. Like he mm-hmm. thinks he's hallucinating. Um, so, like, it's not like Force Ghost Obi-Wan has been sitting right beside him, like, training him in the Force. Luke is, as far as we know, been alone and having to kind of teach himself. hmm And so it's pretty impressive he's gotten as far as he has. What we do know now, retroactively, with the comics coming yes. out, is that he had access to Obi-Wan's journals. Yes. Um, and Luke has been going on all sorts of, like, adventures and trying to he's he's actively seeking out knowledge and trying to learn in that way right and so you but just from this movie it looks like he's just kind of learning on his own and for years that would have been the case prior to these other stories being written right um but it is funny that like then even that even so he still immediately needs to be saved which i sort of appreciate because he can't be too all powerful right no no, it was never about even though they make it about him, it was never about just him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, like, I do like that Luke is literally, like, dying on the floor of, like, dying in the snow. And Ben's like, go to Dagobah. And looks like, Ben, help me! Like, help me! And he's like, Dagobah! And Luke's like, Ben, seriously, I'm in dire straits here! And Ben's just like, Yoda! And, like, I was I was laughing. Like, I've never had that reaction to this scene, but I was laughing because I was like, are you kidding me? Like, Jedi being useless again? Um, but, oh, and then How another... How many ways can the Jedi be useless for Luke? And then another way, another thing we didn't talk about that I love is um, Han's line when he's going out to, um, going out on the Tauntaun, and when the guy is, the guy is like, sir, you know, your Tauntaun will freeze before the first marker. And he said, then I'll see you in hell. <laughs> I got that pitch wrong, but I, the, the, the emotion is there. Because, like, that is just the oddest. Re- I love like it. Unnecessary. I love it. Yeah, like, the guy's just like, dude, like, you're risking your life, you know? And he's like, I'll see you in hell. Uh, assuming that 
not only Han is going to hell, but the guy is going to hell too. That poor guy's just like, I was just trying to tell you like that maybe you should think about taking a ship or I don't know. <laughs> I just, I love, I think that line is great. And I'm going it's to try good. to start using that when I say bye to people. Like instead of I'll see you tomorrow, I'm like, oh, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> like, All right. Well, I guess I'm wrapping up today. I'll see you in hell. All right. So if you guys see us at New York Comic Con, this is how we'll say goodbye. Yeah. And if we, yeah, this is, this is going to be a thing now. <laughs> Um, okay, so then Han saves Luke. Han saves Luke, brings him home. Stuffs him inside a, um, Tauntaun, which is disgusting. Oh, they just have to wait until the next morning. So they just sleep in the, in the carcass of a Tauntaun. No, like, I think it's he stuffs him in the carcass of the Tauntaun while he gets the shelter set up. Oh, right, that's what it is. So, <sighs> there is a shelter, but... Disgusting. Yeah, I disgusting. assume Luke smells terrible. Yeah. So find them the next morning. Yep. Find the next morning. Then we have our. Uh, then Luke, they, Leia and Han awkwardly watch Luke while he's in the back to tank. That's got to be awkward, right? If you're the one in the tank and you're like almost naked and people are just kind of watching you. I feel like they don't really believe in privacy in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we can remember back to when Padme was giving birth and there was a literal observation deck. Yeah. In which everyone could watch her giving birth. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, pri- they're not big on medical privacy. Yeah, because I would just be like, get those people out of here. Like, could you, is there a way that we could not have everyone staring at me? While I'm, you know, wearing basically while I'm in, like, the this weird diaper thing? Diaper thing? Yeah. Inside a gallon of water? Especially. More than a gallon of water. Yeah. Yeah, a little more than a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially while the girl I kind of have a crush on. Um, even though she's my sister, but I don't know that yet, is watching me. Like, so I know it's so funny. It's like I I can quote lines pretty well, but like I my friends were so irritated while we were watching this because I was I did Han and Leia's like entire exchange with them when they're in the room with Luke. He's like, you know, oh I love who's it though, scruffy looking, laser brain, laser brain, etc. And they're just like, oh my god, we get it. You like Star Wars. <laughs> I would be so obnoxious to watch those movies with, with someone who, like, wasn't a huge Star Wars fan. Like, they're big Star Wars fans, but I, I, you take, you, you're a step, it was my fault. step above. But that being said, that sequence, that whole sequence, in retrospect, like, you can't not talk about it. Like, yeah. why? Why, George Lucas? Why? Why did, why? Yeah. That's all they have yeah. is why. Yeah. And it's such a banana scene where it's like, Chewie and Han are looking down at them, and 3PO, like, walks up while it's happening. Yeah. It's like, this is, like, the worst time it's, to kiss somebody. It's, and it's such an awkward scene, Jen. And maybe it was supposed to be, though I do, I, um, I'm, I very much ascribe to the idea that Lucas did not plan them being siblings. Yeah. Um, but I wonder <laughs> if, like, it's, because, like, clearly he set, they're setting up Han and Leia. Yeah. So you just need attention. Yeah, which it's just awkward. Like even it's like just awkward. even not knowing their siblings, it's a weird scene. It's like an uncomfortable scene yeah. to watch. Like because it's very clear why she's kissing him. Yeah. Which like poor Luke. Yeah, and that's like all oh, Luke. Ugh, it's um, so gross. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on from the incest. Um, but like there are scenes though where then immediately after that. Right when they're going into the Battle of Hoth, Luke and Han share these, like, weighted looks to one another. I, I'm i going to, like, do a – I'm not going to do this because I'm lazy, but, like, I wish I would do an epic, like, cut video of every time Han and Luke, like, just look at each other <laughs> with meaning. I have a feeling a lot of people would watch that video. It probably exists, actually. Like, I'm bet. not – clearly, I'm not the first person to pick up on this, but – I feel like a lot of people would watch it or have watched if it exists. Um, then we get Vader. Yeah, we get Vader. We get the egg, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I don't remember if that's the egg scene. This is where I'm trying to tell from like comes out of hyperspace too fast and gets force choked because yes, the force but, shields are up. But like over Skype. 
Yes. Yes. Right? So I, yes. He like force chokes him over, over the screen. Over the screen. Yeah. And Admiral Piet's uh, look that he like, he's like glancing at Ozzel while he's force choking and also trying to take orders from Vader is one of my favorite, like just, just the, the, the like, like sheer like panic in his eyes, but like trying to like keep cool while this guy is literally dying on the floor beside him. It's, it's pretty, I know it's, it's such like a great, like, moment of bureaucracy in the empire of like, yes. nope, still got to do your job though. Yes. Even though your like rival is dying yes. right next to you. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to basically the battle of Hoth. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, I, I mean, it's still cool. It's still, it is I, the like action sequences in this movie are so good. And when you first see the walkers, I still get chills. Oh, they're so they're good. They're so good. I do love how they fall forward, though. It makes me laugh. Like, I was, I couldn't help but think of, like, George Michael from Arrested Development lying on the floor. Oh, with the, I, like, the walker, like, face where forward. Where it's, like, where he's, like, face forward on the floor. Yes. And the walker just, like, hmm. Like, now, now that's an image out. I will never be able to unsee. You're welcome, but I love it. It's <laughs> they're just these like big dopey things that happen to have like immense, insane, yeah. like firepower. I think they're definitely dopey, but the dopiness doesn't take away from them being scary, which no, I appreciate. Like I actually appreciate that because they're terrifying, but they're you know it's hard to it's hard to you know be both at once, and yet they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's such a good sequence, like. I was thinking about it, and all the sequ- all the action sequences in this movie are just amazing. And this one too, it's they've got like the music and the the tension is so high, and like Luke having to figure it out. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's why you're leading the rebels. Like right. when he takes one down by himself, you're just like, oh, there it is. You're amazing. Okay, does he get Dak killed? This is something I've never really been able. Does he get his? Because because. The guy is like, something is overloading. I need to change to secondary power. And Luke's like, wait, wait, just wait. And I'm like, I, I can't really tell if, like, the guy switches over and, like, and Luke's just like, wait, I'm going to have you do something, not wait and don't do that yet. But I kind of think he does. Wait. <laughs> Part of being a good leader is knowing when you have to make sacrifices. Yes. Kind of think there's maybe some bad judgment there on Luke's part, which is okay. It's okay. But that's just he's a baby and maybe he shouldn't be leading the rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is very true. He's a farm boy from the middle of nowhere. What does he know? He does not know, clearly. Poor Jack. (laughs) Um, the whole sequence is so great, and yeah. then like everybody having to evacuate because they're clearly losing. It's like so yeah, it's much. Actually, it's, pretty, it's pretty brutal, actually, when you think it's of brutal. like how much they're leaving behind, and like when Han comes in, when Han comes into like the command, he's like, "I heard the command center was hit." There's just like a dead droid in the corner. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like you realize how much they're leaving behind, and yeah. how how hard this is going to be on them because. Um, like they're, they're not battle they lost right? right they don't have a lot of resources they can't just like manufacture new ships like the empire can um it costs them a lot to evacuate like this mm-hmm. um, it does and it's like immediately splitting up of our main characters like mm-hmm. we only got a few minutes of the three of them together and now they're already yeah off yeah and our two and three po are separated oh i know that's hard. They're best <laughs> when they're together. They are. We need like our two sassy beats to like bring three PO back down to earth. Because otherwise, three PO gets a little out of hand. Yes. Um, okay, so and after- it goes into this like so like Luke's gonna go to Dagobah, but yeah. like uh, the aster. I love the asteroid belt sequence I, so much. That music cue which is never i don't think and someone will probably correct me on this if i'm wrong but i don't think it's ever used again and i love that music so much it's so good it's just all that 
it's so funny. This movie, the way the narrative is set up is so interesting because you've got Hoth, then you have the asteroid belt being Han. It's not even like Han and Leia's big story, right? The asteroid belt is just sort of like the stop off that exists purely for relationship for their relationship to move forward yeah. in time so that it'll make sense by the time they get to Cloud City. And so Luke then has his whole trial that is happening like steadily concurrently while Han and Leia have to jump all over the place a little bit. Yeah. It's just interesting, like the, the plotting, like the storytelling in this movie and the way they choose to have the characters move forward and the necessity of the sets that they had. Yeah, I agree. And I've seen this movie, you know, I don't know how many times I've seen this movie, countless times, and I was still so tense during the asteroid scene because, yeah. like, can they go to hyperspace? Can they not? Like, it's just, it's just so well plotted. And so it's just, the, it's so well done. Well, yeah, it's these moments of high-intensity feelings, right? As the movie goes on, there's, like, the Battle of Hoth where you... Well, okay, no, it starts... It's, like, the movie is literally, like, this, like, peaking and dropping, peaking, dropping, peaking, dropping, where you've got, like, is Luke going to die from hypothermia? No. Is he going to die in the Battle of Hoth? No. Uh, Are Han and Leia going to get away? I don't know. Now they're in an astro field and back up and down. And it's, like... Oh, no, the the reveal of them being inside the giant, whatever the name of that alien is, yes. is one of my favorite things, because in what you would never see that coming. Yeah. Like, ever. And There's no reason for you to see that coming. And, um, and it's funny, because, like, this movie does have so many quiet moments that it's funny to think how much high drama there really is. Yeah, because, because I, then you forget. We get that moment. We get our like first kiss. Yeah, interrupted by three PO. Interrupted by three PO in the most amazing way. The but we get way. our first kiss when they're like, <laughs> it's like my hands like, are dirty. Oh my god, it's so good. I love it so much. They're so cute. They are. They're so cute. Oh, so good. But you get these like lovely little moments, like you were saying. That's what this movie is. Is like bursts of like high octane drama and then like these amazing moments of like character yeah yeah um so we're okay so asteroid field and then luke meanwhile gets to dagobah mm-hmm. and it's disgusting yeah. and everything's so dirty and smelly yes i am not an outdoors person i don't mind the outdoors but i don't sleep on the ground like that is my thing like I don't I will not like camp I don't mind like I'll I'll hike and I don't like I I, we do a lot of actually hiking vacations and stuff but like even the way we do it is very like I'll do like half day hikes and like yeah I'm not I I don't like getting muddy I don't like like people are like oh let's go swimming in the stream and I'm like no thanks I'll pass like the bugs or, or animals like, no thanks. I'm not just, into it. Yeah. So, like, the minute he gets onto this planet, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. It looks so gross. And there's something I can't talk about here, and I really wish I could, but if you read the book from a certain point of view, um, it's the it comes out, so today is the 25th of Monday, so it comes out next Tuesday. Um, I think that's, like, Tuesday, October 1st, maybe? Um, sorry, Tuesday, October 5th. Is that right? No, 3rd. Looking at the wrong calendar. Okay, Tuesday, October nah. 3rd. Got it. Um, it's, it, it, it's basically what it is. It's an anthology with, um, that retells the story of Star Wars A New Hope. And it's got, um, it, it, it's got short stories from, like, 30, 40 different, 40, probably 40 different authors because it's the 40th anniversary. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, But it retells the entire story of the movie from different points of view Um, and like that aren't, you know, the main story. So one of the stories you get is Yoda on Dagobah. And it's really good. I am not going to ruin it. The entire book is really good. Some of the stories are hit and miss, but overall, there are some really excellent stories in there. But one of the stories you get is Yoda on Dagobah. And I wish, I wish I could talk about it, but I cannot because I 
I haven't read it, so I'm in the same boat as all of you right yes, now. <laughs> but it's so good. It's so good. It was very good. Okay, so anyway. I can't wait to pick this book up. So anyway, pick it up next week and then read that story because it's really good. And then we can all talk about it. Yes. Um, you can tweet us and talk about it. But make sure Preeti has read it first or she might come yeah, after you. If you ruin it for me, I will never forgive you. Yes. Um, and I hold a grudge. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. She does. This is true. <laughs> Um, so, okay, we, this is also the movie where we see the emperor for the first time. Yeah, so we see right? a hologram, right? We see, yeah. Uh, of course, because the original versions are incredibly difficult to get. Um, we don't have, like, the frog-faced original emperor. Isn't it like a chimp with chimpanzee eyes? He has, like, these, like, really big... I think, like, if I remember correctly, like, the eyes were chimpanzee eyes, which is super weird. Um, no, I feel like I looked it up because I was like, I know that this wasn't what the the emperor looked like originally, but I couldn't, I knew he was like, he he made me think of a frog, like the thing. Oh, no, 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 it's it's a chimp. I just Googled it. It is a chimp, right? It is a chimp. It it was a chimp whose eyes were pulled. Ew. Yeah. Oh, that's why, because it was up. Yeah. So they look like alien eyes. But it was... Yeah, so of course we both watched uh, one of the special edition versions. So they replaced the hologram, right, with the emperor as we know as we know him. Yeah. Um, but because so we watched this, and in it, um, the emperor is saying like Luke is the son of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And Darth Vader is saying, "How can you be sure?" But we know based on the comics that he actually already knows this, yes. and he is fully aware, and he has been like working in the backgrounds on trying to get Luke for, you know, however long without the Emperor's kind of right. knowledge. And, like, really. I, I mean, we get glimpses of just the anger. Like, I would love to just, and we'll, we'll probably never see this, but, like, can you imagine the mixed emotions he has learning that? Yes. Like, because, like, like the Emperor lied to him. I want an internal monologue. Like, the Emperor lied to him. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way he would have a son if he had been the one to kill Padme. Yep. Um, like, how did the Emperor not know, yeah. right? He must have known. And this is the moment, I think this is one of the moments of Vader's ascent back to what Anakin could have been. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. It I just is. got so sad. Yeah. His story is so sad. It's so sad. Um, it's it's just interesting that we're, he's already lying. Yeah, you know, in the first scene we get of him in the original trilogy with the empire or with the emperor, he's already lying, which um, is telling because it tell it's telling of how strong Vader is in the Force yeah. versus because usually you would be able to tell through the Force if a person was lying to you. Yeah, I think, and so the Emperor can't. really tell that vader can deceive him yeah like we know sidious is stronger than anakin do we though like do we we like he uses his powers better better and longer but i don't know that he is necessarily more powerful stronger that's a fair point but i was thinking we don't know if he's actually more powerful than vader and, like, sometimes I would argue he is, and sometimes I'd argue he's not. Well, the whole thing is, like, what we've come back to in terms of Force Slur, where this is, it's this idea of, like, it's not about being good or bad, it's about being balanced. Anakin truly is, like, yes, he went over to the dark side, but he also, like, stayed in the light for a long time, and I think that he has the greatest potential for balance. Yeah. Right? As a character, like... Yeah. So... He is, I think, stronger because of that. Because there is still good he in ha- it. Because he has experience with both sides. Because he has experience with both sides in a meaningful way. Yeah, and I think there is still good in him, and he can draw on that sometimes. And, yes. Um, but you know, not to not to downplay the terrible things he's done. Just no. But just, I think, in terms of like the ideal force user or the ideal of what Anakin, what they thought Anakin was going to be when they found him and what Qui-Gon thought he was going to be. 
was that they misread it and it wasn't about goodness. It was about balance. Yeah. And they misunderstood what balance meant. Exactly. Which I don't know how they did. Because how can balance mean a ton of Jedi and no Sith? Because they're... Stupid. Ugh. Anyways, so, back to Dagobah. Yeah. Yoda is, like, talking to Obi-Wan. And if you haven't seen... Well, or no, sorry, but before that, if you haven't seen Preeti's fuck this gif of Yoda, <laughs> tweet her and ask her to send it to you. I don't have it. Otherwise, I would send it to you if you tweeted me. But it's pretty good. She made her own I'll gif. <laughs> It's pretty good. I did years ago when I was watching Empire. I was like, I need a gif of this. Like, just fuck this, fuck that too. But, like, while and he's like Yoda rummaging and like pulling stuff, you're like, yeah. fuck this, fuck that. This is cool. Yeah. Oh, bless the internet. Um, so Yoda is, ta- you know, he's like irritated Luke. He's irritated R two. Which this is okay. So we know that R two knows everything, right? Right. We know that Yoda has seen R two before. Yoda is the only character that I could see maybe not knowing who R2 is just because he was like, who cares about droids? Right. I don't think we ever saw him interact with a droid in the show before this. Yo, not in like a real way. Yeah. So like, fine. That is like the one I'm willing to give it of like R2's not a total dick. Because why would R2 ever interact with Yoda? Yeah. Um... So he, like, does all this, and then, of course, like, tricks Luke, brings him back, and is like, oh, surprise, I am Yoda. Yeah. And talks to Obi-Wan about him, like, he's not in the room, and he's, like, talking to Obi-Wan, saying he's much too, anger in yeah. him. Like his father. Yeah. Yeah! And look what you did there! Yeah. And I think the fact that there's anger in him doesn't mean... Like, I just think... It's just, it feels all turned on its head. Like, he's angry because you've abandoned, you should be, have been training him. Yeah. Like, Obi, and they get into this in the comics, and it's really actually well done. Um, and I, but, like, it, it, he's angry because he's been on his own, like, these. he's been living this life, he's been frustrated, and he's been trying to teach himself to a Jedi with very little guidance, to be a Jedi with very little guidance. He feels like the entire, he's running the rebellion. Like he feels like, even if this isn't the case, but he feels like the entire fate of the galaxy is on his shoulders. And he's like, dude, I'm like 23, what? 23 years old. 20, yeah. you know, like, yes, there is much anger in him. There would be much anger in anybody in that situation. Right. And that's the problem. Ugh, we can't go back down this yeah. road again. We, we, all we, know. Can, we can go down it a little bit, but You're I think mad at the Jedi. Right. Like, this is again, like indicative of like, I think that him having anger inside is like, a good sign actually, yeah. because it's a sign of leaning towards balance of like, you have to have the good and the bad. So, you well, know, I, Yoda starts training him. Like, and I also think with the anger thing, anger isn't unproductive in and of itself. And I think they're too quick to judge what negative and positive emotions are. Right. I agree. Like, Oh, anger isn't good, but love is love, love and compassion. Compassion is good. You can't have, compassion and not feel anger you can't have compassion for people and not feel anger when they're being mistreated like that doesn't that's not possible like that's okay so anyway I'm not sorry I'm not going to go down this road but I just wanted to make the point that they make (laughs) such a big deal all the time about anger and it just it makes an anger leading to hate leading to whatever etc yeah if you don't channel the anger properly yeah I agree but the whole point is you need to train him to deal with the anger not be mad at him for for being angry like agreed train him to channel the anger into something positive okay you're angry let's do something about this Yoda's kind of a terrible teacher he's terrible He's, He's like, like the let's whole, stack like, some fucking no, rocks. There is no why. There should be a why. He needs to understand. He's not a yeah. puppet. Like, that's what they want, right? They want a puppet. Like, and don't question and just trust. Like, no. Like, you need, and as a person, like, personally, this gets to me. Because I'm a person, like, I can't just, if somebody hands me something to do, I need to be like, I need to understand how this fits in the larger yeah. thing we are doing in order to do it properly. Because I can't just do this thing and without that context and it's the same thing he needs the full context including the identity of his father 
because I feel like also if Luke understands what happens to his what happened to his father, he will also understand why they're so scared. Right. And why they're so hesitant. But they're not telling him anything. Like why like Obi-Wan lying to him about Darth Vader killing him and oh. like again, we're treating it like it's one co- like coherent story when it was clearly written in parts. And so we have to retroactively try to make these pieces fit into yeah. the narrative they're constructing around this character, but that's that's what exists. Yeah. So without addressing the why of Obi-Wan lying to him about his father and the why of Yoda keeping the actuality of it behind like from him, it just contributes to this idea that they're not they don't want Luke as a human person to succeed. They want Luke as a Jedi puppet to succeed. Yeah. Um but so yeah, so Yo Yoda trains him. Yoda trains him. We get we get um, we get many. So Luke takes his jacket off. Luke takes his jacket off, and he's so handsome, and he he's got these big blue eyes, the, the and the floppy hair, and the floppy hair. Like in 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 in, um, <gasps> in Return of the Jedi, it's a little like combed, like it's a little. It's too, very combed. Like, it's never this floppy. Yeah, it's again. never this floppy, and like. In this movie, it's just so floppy, and I love it so much. It's so cute, and he's so cute, and he's got such a cute butt. And 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 he 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 swings on vines. But it's very it's nice. Scene, it's the scene that we all love, where he's like collapsed on the ground, and he's so like wayfish and like like a like an eighteenth century like like man about I don't even know what I'm trying oh to say God. but it's like he's like on the ground and he like looks up under his eyelashes and like his eyes get so wide and it's just like you're like you're so good looking I know like it just this I am like not seeing coherently like 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 I I he is either I always say and for multiple reasons it's not just because of this but Luke the Empire Luke is my favorite Luke. But this, I mean, this is one of the reasons. <laughs> let's not, let's not lie. Like, I do, like, I think he's the most complex a little bit in this movie. And you get to really see his struggle to becoming what he becomes in Return of the Jedi. So that is why I like him. It's I, so funny because, so he has his, his Jedi trial, right? Mm-hmm. Which at the, at the time of seeing this movie, we have no context for. So it's just him fighting Vader in a cave and realizing that he sees himself in Vader. Yeah. Um, but that's his Jedi trial and Yoda says he fails it, Yeah, but it's so early in his training. Yeah. And you know, you haven't given him anything. How long do you think his training, like how long do you think this movie is? Is supposed to go over? Yeah. Because like, like I genuinely have no, t- I think it's a long time. It's longer than it seems nine on months. screen. Um, but is how I feel like it couldn't be longer than that. I, 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 is it weeks or months is my question though. I think that it's around six months okay. from start to end. Yeah. Is what I sense. think. And so Luke literally has not been training that long. Yeah. No. And Yoda has given him no reason to truly trust him when he says like, don't take anything, like whatever, go and just by yourself. Like he hasn't grown up in the Jedi order. There is not this blind trust and you know i like to think that like ahsoka would have been very similar in this situation yeah where you can't just there's no reason luke has to blindly trust this thing yeah you know he knew obi-wan for god knows like a minute before he died and so he fails he quote fails which i don't even know if i agree that he fails he recognizes the fundamental fail a test truth. that's flawed in the first place right but also he like he learns a truth about himself in that, yeah. right? He learns yeah. something important. Yeah. Even though it scares him. Right, but oh. fear leads to anger. Like, it does. Right, but, like, the point is fear can be healthy. Again, like, going back to the same argument over that we, we both make over and over again, I feel like, like we're beating a dead horse, uh, beating yeah. a dead tauntaun a little bit. But, like, ah. we're talking about Empire, I had to. But, like, it's just, like, fear can be a healthy emotion. You just have to channel it properly. And I feel like uh-huh. Luke does. 
Luke does. That's the he key. He learns that from Luke it. Luke takes these things. And maybe that's why at the in the next movie, between that and confronting Vader and not falling to the dark side, um, he is a Jedi. Like, he, you know, like, he has passed his Jedi trial. Yeah. And so his last trial is to actually confront Vader. Um, sorry, but that's Return of the Jedi. Um, we'll, get back. we'll get there. We'll get next there. Um, so Luke, you know, goes through this training and, and Yoda teaches him to, to reach out and all of these things. And then we see, of course, Han and Leia going to Cloud City and Luke realizing that they're in danger. Yeah. Well, I do love the moment that, like, we have to talk about Lando's entrance. Because oh, it's so wonderful. Cape. And his like, mustache. This whole thing of, like, Han, like, I love the, like, snips of, like, backstory we're getting from Han, which is enough as in, and as much as I need. But this whole, like, ah, he might be great. It might not be great. I mean, I think I, it'll be great. I love the swagger where he's just like, sure, we're friends. I'm sure he's forgotten about that. Like. Yeah. And, like, Lando's cape mm-hmm. that steals the, cape. steals the scene. Excellent. No matter what. The whole sequence is so good, like, coming out with all the guards, the look when, when he hugs Han, the, like, look on the guard's face of, like... And when, when Han's about fine. to, like, punch him, and, like... like it's so good. It's all good. of it's so good. Yeah. And Han, and this is also important, like, I think this is a really frustrating for me with Han and Leia, where Leia is like, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this, and Han doesn't listen to her. But I don't think he dis... Okay, so I was actually thinking about this while I was watching, and I don't think he discounts what he said, what she says. Like, for example, when they're in the room, and Leia's like, um, he, like they're they've got the pieces of three PO back, and um, Han says we can. Um, like, Lando's got guys that can fix him, and Leia's like, no thanks. And yeah. then immediately Lando walks in, and Han's like, and he's like, are you having droid problems? And Han's like, no, why? No, I think he listened in that one moment, but, but he, I, I, he had to learn his lesson. I feel like this whole sequence was a way for him to learn his lesson of not being so cocky. Yeah. Right? Of not thinking that he knows everything. Right. Um, like, that's what this felt, like, the whole Lando sequence. Is, that's I think what it's that also like. learning what it means to have other people depend on you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because. More than just Chewie. Right, because and Chewie, not that Leia cannot take care of herself. Like I'm not trying to imply that, but more like, you his decisions affect other people. Yes, I agree. It's not just him and Chewie. Yeah, agreed. Um, but I love the scene where Lando, like, they open the door, and Vader's sitting there. Oh, it's so good with the table set. Oh yes, because they're gonna have dinner. Do you think they actually had dinner? I think it was a very tense meal. <laughs> I, I think Han tried to make jokes to break the tension, and Vader force choked him <laughs> until he passed out into his plate. I mean, it's funny because you see these things about the trouble that they're in, and you know, Yoda and Obi Wan are basically saying, "Let them die. Let them die. Like the greater good, etc." Like, but the thing is, like. Telling him that him wanting to save his friends is taking the quick and easy path. Yeah, which it's, which it's not. Which it's not, and it just proves that they learn nothing, right? Um, in that whole like, they they don't see that they've done nothing wrong in terms of Anakin. Like it was fated, it was his destiny to become Darth Vader. Yeah, which absolves them, them of, of all guilt responsibility and yeah. of all responsibility, and that is so frustrating yeah but that said i still think the whole like no there's another is like one of the best lines in like any movie because you're like what does it mean i'll say uh, we we talk a lot about how yoda's trash and he is but i love him like i want to make that clear i adore yoda i think he has some amazing lines i think he's a great character but i think like his belief system is kind of trash and he yes. makes a lot of poor decisions but that's part of star wars everyone yes. makes poor decisions like it's just kind yeah, of like what like, you we do love obi-wan it. but obi-wan also makes bad decisions yeah. um but so off luke goes 
So Affleck goes. Also, can I just um, say, just from a, sorry, I'm going to go back to there as another, from a just cinematic point of view, knowing they probably didn't have a budget to show the X-Wing taking off, mm-hmm. the red light on Yoda's face to imply that. Oh, I just got goosebumps. It's so well done. Like, it's oh. so well done on so many levels. Like, that whole scene is so good. Because yeah. you're like, I, what could this mean? How could this it's like a, it's like one of those moments. Again, you think it's going to be this quiet moment, and then it just ramps the like energy and drama up to like a hundred. Right. Um. So Vader has Leia and Han, and he's torturing Han. Yeah. And you know Han's line of like he didn't even ask me anything. It's like basically what Vader's specifically doing is um is causing them pain because they, he knows Luke will feel it. Yes. Like, he's doing it as a to, to set yeah. the trap. Which is and probably why Yoda and Obi-Wan probably know that's what's happening. But then tell Luke that. Like, tell right. him, like, look, this is a thing that's going to happen. But instead if you're, you're going to have him go in blind. Yeah, if you're going to go, these are the things you need to know. Oh, it's so frustrating. Like, you um, are going to confront Vader. These are things you need to know. Like... Yeah, anyway. Again. But there's this, you know, it's interesting that La- Lando would believe Vader when Vader says, you know, I don't need um, the princess or the Wookie, che- yeah. Chewbacca. Uh, because Leia's like a, Leia's a bigger deal than Han. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be real. Leia is one of the leaders of the Resistance. She's been in it since she was 16. But I don't think Lando knows that. Whose fault is that? What? Whose fault is that? But Lando... Lando's worked with the Resistance. But I don't know the Rebellion. Uh, Yeah, the Rebellion, excuse me. But I don't know that he would necessarily know who Princess Leia was. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like after A New Hope, it's much more organized. It's much more organized, but I mean, they, they, he definitely has worked with the rebels, but I'm, but it still sells. I don't know. I would, I would venture to, I would venture to say he doesn't know, because like, do they ever meet? I'm trying to think now in rebels. I haven't read the Lando comic. I have. Which I, I don't. I don't know where that has, takes place. I don't think it has anything to do. Um, with. I don't think they meet in rebels. No, but Lando just feels like someone who would. Be the guy who's know. like, I need to know what's happening. I yeah. need to know so that I, I can that. avoid it. I mean, my assumption know? has always been that he just didn't know, like, who she was. So I know that just that just feels so flawed and false to me. Um, but it is like totally just my feeling like there's no backing for that whatsoever. I just thought it was interesting. Um, but even more interesting, I think, is the Vader that we see um who faces Luke, you know, we were talking about Karen Gillan's Vader comic. Yeah. Um, and I literally like, while I was watching, it was funny that you brought it up because I, while I was watching the movie, I brought it up on G chat. You didn't miss anything on the podcast. Like I brought it up earlier today. We, we were talking about it earlier today or yesterday or whatever. I don't know if this shocks all of you, but we talk about star Wars a lot. Yeah. Just on our, um, Um, not on this podcast. Turns out we're not faking. (laughs) This is really what our lives are like. Um, but we were talking about Karen Gillan's Darth Vader comic and the last second to last, uh, issue, issue 24 of this comic is brutal, brutal. But I was thinking about it while you're watching Vader face Luke, because in the comic Vader confronts his past self on Mustafar and he confronts Padme and he confronts all these pieces of Anakin basically and shoves them down. Mm Mm-hmm and becomes truly the Darth Vader that we grew up with, which is like this terrifying kind of monster of a man. Um, but in empire, I think you see shit, you still see shades of Anakin there. Mm -hmm. And this idea of, you can't lock that part away from like, you can't lock it down. Thinks He confronts it, but like, I don't think he actually, yeah, I agree. Is able to, because it's a part of him. Right. It's, you can't, it comes back to balance. Like you cannot dissect 
a part of who you are. Like this isn't Harry Potter where he's like ripping his soul, like soul, soul in the yeah. reds, right? It's he he has his himself and himself his self is both Anakin and Vader. And it's about the two parts. And in this, like I could draw, it was so cool. I could like see the progression of Vader from that Kieran Gillen comic into the Vader we see um, in uh, Empire. And if you haven't read that comic, the full run, it's issues one to 25 is out now. They restarted the comic with a new creative team. So make sure you're getting the Kieran Gillen. I think it's Kieran Gillen, Salvador LaRocco version. It's Mm. so good. It is. It's it's like really just a really good character study of um, Vader. Yeah. So like you see his his actions in Empire like are it's like his actions in Empire are what he thinks are separating him from Anakin. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like it's his perception of what he thinks Vader would be doing not what he thinks Anakin would be doing, but they actually are not all that dissimilar considering, you know, he's trying to save Luke. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't want to kill him. He doesn't want to kill him. Cuts his hand off, which is brutal, but he doesn't, he wants him to like come and like rule the galaxy with him basically. Um, God, I wish that I could like remember what it was like finding out that Darth Vader was Luke's father. I really, yeah, I wish. I like, I would love to watch it with like a child who'd never seen, like didn't know, you know, who was watching it for the first time and didn't know just to see the reaction because like that's that, that scene has a lot of weight. And even though I know I can recite it like line for line, but it still has a lot of weight and a lot of, it's a serious, I know. Like, oh. it's, it's a good, and we scene. don't talk a lot about James Earl Jones, like oh. by name, but like he is outstanding in this movie and he is just incredible in this scene. Like the way he says these lines and the, I can, I can only imagine like what it was like in the theater of that moment of like, <gasps> yep you know that like absolute like breathlessness of like epiphany yeah um oh it's so good it's so good and so all of this is happening oh my god we didn't even talk we cut we cut right past like han and leia oh man because that moment of han going down into the the, the chamber and just Staring at Leia is, like, one of the most heartbreaking things. Yes. And, of course, the I love you, I know, like, it's just beautiful. Like, also, it's just, but, okay, so his hands were bound, bound behind his yes, back. Yes, I know. <laughs> How? I mean, I'm glad they did it because, the, like, this, the, like, just, like, with the hands and the face and it, like, falling and the thumb. It is, like, it's a brutal. huge, like. But it's like, how did he? I need, like, I'm going to need someone at Disney to, like, write a short story that's yeah. just Han the bit in that chamber, Han picking in the, the chamber, getting his, hand, his hands unbound. Yes. But not fast enough to get out. Right. So it's still really sad. It's yeah. just going to make it sadder. Yeah, it's just going to make it sadder because he thinks he might get out. But he doesn't. No. Um, but that whole sequence is great, right? Where yeah. she's like terrified, and it's mm-hmm. funny because you see this like in this movie, like you were saying, we see all these like great moments of character development. Like Leia is so strong, mm-hmm. and she's so like she's been so like feisty and like with like being she's angry and she's brave and all of these things. But we haven't seen the side of her that is scared right I feel like the closest we've gotten is her in a new hope when she finds out that they're orbiting Alderaan on the Death Star and when she's like no we're a peaceful planet but it's a different kind of that was desperation right like pleading this is just and that I love and there's nothing I can do it's helplessness and it was not a good no it's not a good feeling it's not a good feeling you Um, and I don't I don't like watching it on a person you don't want to see anyone in that But then situation. immediately, she immediately gets back into the mode of, yeah. all right, now what? And when she sees, she, I love that, like, when she sees Luke, she starts screaming, like, it's a trap, it's a trap, it's a trap. And it's, like, again, that, like, 
not fearlessness, but like that recognition of like she has to take action because no one else will. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. She's so good. I love her. Oh. Um, so and so like Han goes off with Boba yeah. Fett, who we also did not really talk about, but I'm not. Eh. I'm not like a Boba Fett person. Although there's like, a I, really, re- the first time I like actually like genuinely loved Boba Fett, there's a really good Boba Fett story and from a certain point of view. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's really good. Look. That uh, and then, and then, and there's, I'm also going to talk about this because there's a Admiral, uh, I can't, can't remember his name, but the one he choked, like Vader choked mm-hmm. in um, A New Hope, Force Choked in A New Hope. Um, there's an entire scene, story from his point of view written by Mallory Ortberg in which he complains about Vader's, like, prophetizing, <laughs> like, and, like, it's the funniest. I laughed so loud. So, anyway, read that. <laughs> it's so good. I don't want to talk well, about anyway, it too much. That. Because it has nothing to do with Empire. Like, it's, it's about a different movie, but it's so good. That book is just really good. Read it. It comes out next week. Yeah. We're okay. all going to read it. So. Um, we're, so, we're at the end, really. Yeah. Uh, the epiphany happens. Luke screams as only Luke can scream. As only Mark Hamill. Happy birthday, Mark Hamill. Happy birthday, birthday, Mark Today Hamill. Mark Hamill's birthday. Um, he screams as only he can scream after he gets his hand cut off, uh, cementing the bond between father and son. Yeah. Uh, and then he force falls. Yeah. And calls out for Leia. And she hears him. Which is... Uh, you know, it leads to, like, some of my favorite scenes, which yeah. are, I love the hand scene. I love his, like, cyborg hand scene. Yeah. I've been fascinated with that scene since I was a kid with the, like, pricking yeah, of the, the fingers and seeing the gears inside the wrist. Yeah. Like, I love the look of it. I just think it's a really beautiful scene. And then the end sequence of Luke with his arm around Leia in front of that galaxy with, like, 3PO and um, R2 and just the music and... It's such a great sequence of, like, we'll be back. Like, yep. this is the beginning of the end. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love this movie. I do. I do. I think it's just, like, it's just a, it's a really good middle sequence movie. Yeah. Because those movies are hard. Those are hard movies. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking about The Two Towers. Oh, I love that movie, too. And how we're going to someday do a Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we'll do a Lord of the Rings. Next, we have a lot of plans for next year. This, this, I'm, we're not going to even lie. This two episodes a month thing has been hard. Like, not that we can't do it again, but more that we can't inject further stuff into what we're doing. Because we have so much to talk about on every episode. And then we're doing a second episode. So, but we might, I would, yeah, I would totally be up for doing Lord of the Rings maybe next year. Next year, I think, because we we'll end this. I mean, we'll do our last discussion. Probably we'll just probably do a special because like timing wise, the movie comes out on the 18th. So we'll probably do like 19? a like a right after special episode. of Yeah. About Last Jedi. Right. <sighs> I know. I'm not ready. I'm not ready either. I'm not ready. I mean, I'm very um, ready because I'm very, very looking forward to it. But I'm also, like, a little afraid of this movie. Yes. Of all of those things. Yeah. Um, we have uh, next month we will be watching Return of the Jedi um, with a special guest. Yes. Who we will confirm 100% and then announce you know. it maybe on our next episode, which yep. will be a non-Star Wars-focused episode. Yep. We'll do an NYC, probably kind of a post-NYCC. We are so, yes. so tired, round up. Yes. Um, but we will both be at New York Comic Con, yeah. so uh, if you are going to be around, um, we'll be running around. I'm on a panel. I just realized that this is probably a good place probably, to say this. Yeah, uh, I'm on a panel Thursday night. Oh, Thursday night at Comic Con at seven fifteen, I believe. It's a super Asian American panel. Would love to see you there if you're around. I understand that it is also in the evening and at dinner time, so I'm pretty sure like five people are going to come. <laughs> But if you're there, please come and say hi. I think it's going to be a really fun conversation. Um, I'm on it. Greg Puck is on it. Ellen O, Karuna Razai, um, who's a middle grade fantasy author. Um, and I think it'll be a really good conversation about the state of Asian representation in the media. And then we'll both be there all, all weekend. We will indeed. And just if you see two Indian girls 
in Miss Marvel costumes, <laughs> by which I mean t-shirts and jeans. Yeah. Um, you should say hi. You should. We are, we like, we like meeting people. We do. We're not, we're, we're exactly like this in real life. We really are. <laughs> and we try to travel in a pack, so. Also true. We will be probably together 90% of the time. <laughs> I haven't said that out loud to Sapna yet, but now she knows. <laughs> I'm smiling. Okay. So, um, what are we doing? Okay, so we need to plug. We're part of the um, Hard Knock Light, Hard Knock Media Group, which is Nerds yes. of Colors Podcast Network. So, gonna plug their Hard Knock Life Mainline Podcast, and this they just released an episode this week, and um, they have an interview with director Lena Khan with her brand new film, The Tiger Hunter. Yeah, it's supposed to be really fun. It's Danny Pudi from um, Community, isn't it? It's got a lot of Brown faces, which we love. And it's supposed to be really funny. Mm-hmm. Charming comedy. And so check that out. Um, you can get it anywhere you find podcasts. Usually, I think iTunes, definitely. And then a big thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Um, thank you to I, Ben, and Very Smelly at the $10 level. And Sam, Jordan, Annie, Megan, Claire, and Brian at 5 You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash theyseegeekgirls. And rate us on iTunes, because I think it helps people find the show Hopefully. Yeah, um, I don't know. You can follow us on Twitter where we do giveaways at They See Geek Girls. And I am at Run With Skizzers. And I am at Swamp Death. <laughs> I don't even know my own Twitter name. I am at S. Krishna. And I guess until next time, we'll yes. see you in hell. We'll see you in hell. That was a good ending. <laughs> okay, I still haven't stopped recording because I can't find my recorder. Okay, there it is. Oh, no, I stopped. I stopped.